we are kicking off uh, what we call our Be Rich campaign. And who was here? I, I know I asked last week, but it, it's just cool to see. Last year we did this for the first time. Who was uh, participated? Who was here for that? Awesome. Okay. Uh, we decided kind of a year and a half ago that we wanted to be a more generous church. Yeah, just, just and, and I think there's something about us as, as, as we talk, sung about speaking Jesus and just being Jesus, it's also being Jesus to our community. Yep. And it's so easy to get involved in just what we are doing and, and, and things, but we want to do something that's even beyond ourselves. Yeah, because we recognize that as a church, generosity is, well, I was going to say twofold, but it's, it's a multiple mm-hmm. facets. But a lot of times you hear pastors and organizations understandably so, challenge their church to be giving to the church. Right. Because we have a budget, we need to, we have salaries to meet, we have building costs, we have ministry costs. So understandably so, we need to challenge you as our church to be generous toward the church. Right, right. But we also see all throughout Scripture that the church is bigger than just the four walls of your individual community. Right. And so what does it look like? And, and here's, I think, the thing is, because we ask people all the time to step out in faith and trust to, to start giving. Exactly. And we actually had to challenge ourselves to say, we need to step out of faith also and, and as cross as bridges, cross as bridges and, and give. And, and give back. And if you haven't been with us before, what we're going to do is we're going to raise money and we're going to give 100% of it away. Yeah. And so last year we partnered with an organization downtown Fort Wayne known as the Shepherd's House that walks with uh, individuals, veterans, who are either battling homelessness or addiction, trying to get back on their feet after serving. And so we raised a ton of money, over $40,000. Yeah, we had no idea what to expect. No idea. Yeah. And then our bridge kids and our youth group over in the other building collected over 300-plus items, just materialistic items that the Shepherd's House needed to help, you know, along uh, their journey as well. And then we showed up on their doorstep, and we gave 100% of it away. They had no idea it was coming. No idea it was coming. And it was so exciting yeah, to see so cool. our church give above and beyond. And at the beginning of the campaign, we didn't necessarily have a financial goal. We have one goal. We have one goal. One goal, and it is 100%. 100%. 100%. 100%. about 100%. We are asking 100% of the people who, who call Crossbridge Home, who have been here, who are online watching right now, 100% to participate in some way or another. Yep. And, and it, it may be small. We'll talk about some of that. 100% of people giving, and a, we're going to give 100% of it away. We are not yep. keeping a dime of this. Yep, and so 100% participation from you, and then in turn 100% of us giving back. And so we are excited. Uh, we'll just briefly announce it here, yeah, and, and then we're going to talk a little bit more about this organization at the end. But this year, we are actually partnering with two different organizations. The first, and it's going to be our bigger partnership, is Youth for Christ's Juvenile Justice Ministry, so JJM. JJM. Um, we, one of the, the, what exactly is he? He is uh, actually. Does he the, share in the video? Yeah, I think so, but okay. we'll, we'll make we it up We haven't seen the go. video. No. Trevor, Trevor did the whole thing with the video. <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, uh, he actually runs all, of, he's responsible all of juvenile for all justice ministries. juvenile ju- ju- justice Yeah, and so they go into ACJC and they walk with teenagers who are incarcerated or have made decisions that uh, could potentially impact the rest of their life and so that it doesn't become a cycle of decisions JJM walks with these teens, young adults, and helps 
um, them navigate yeah. what does life look like. Yeah, and, and Joe Wright is is the one who heads up that organization for for uh, and I've known Joe for many 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 years. He's actually one of our coaches. Uh, yep. He's coached for us for for many years, so he knows Crossbridge well. He's honestly when we start talking to him about this. Um, he was just overwhelmed of, of, man, I can't believe that you guys are, are willing to do this. So we'll yeah. talk more about JJM here in a little bit. Yeah, but, and then uh, the second cool uh, people that we're going to be partnering with is uh, just a new partnership for us that we're excited as Crossbridge to sponsor two different missionaries who are actually the regional coordinators of the Church of God Anderson, which is the movement denomination that we're part of. They're the regional coordinators over in Europe. And so they oversee a ton of different churches over there, a ton of pastors, and help them just continue to do ministry um, in trying times. I mean, we were, when we were meeting with them a couple of months ago, they were talking about how they sponsor a few churches in Ukraine. Right. And with all of the wars that are happening right now over in that area, um, pastors are in dire need of just someone that checks in on them to say, like, hey, you're not alone. And so it's Nate. And Stacy Tapman, um, <laughs> who uh, actually have relation here with uh, Scotty Hepler, who you saw yeah. uh, here. Him and his wife are, are related to them. And so we're going to partner with them and just give uh, 10% of what we raise toward their missionary ministry and then 90% of what we raise to JJM. And yeah. so we are excited about Be Rich. Like I said, we don't have financial goals. We have participation goals. And if you call Crossbridge home, whether it's $5 or $5,000, for the month of October all the way through October 22nd, we are going to be raising as much money as we can. And then over Bridge Kids and Youth Group is going to be collecting items that they have over there. Not necessarily for these two ministries, but they're going to be collecting items that we're going to be bagging and then giving to the homeless. So we've got a ton of different things that we are doing for our Be Rich campaign right. that we are so excited about and can't wait to dive in. Yeah, exactly. And, and so as we were talking about this whole thing, you know, we, you see here so many times is that, man, we want to, you hear people say, I want to belong to a church that is like the Acts 2 church. Acts 2 church. Do you really? Yep. <laughs> you know, and. Do you know what that, I, you keep using that yeah. phrase. Do you really know what I that phrase means? I don't think it means what you think so it means. So that's exactly where we want to start today. And so I just want to read you Acts chapter 2, verse 44 through 47, and we're going to break it down a little bit. Let me read this to you. It says, all the believers, all the believers were together and had everything in common. Wouldn't that be nice today? Everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. And we love that picture, you know, and we know that this is what happened here. And, and I think, you know, we talked, you talked about this in a sermon not too long ago. I think we're, we, we like the idea of that. Right, more than we actually like doing that exactly and it's kind of just the concept not just with generosity but with ministry in general we like the idea of sacrifice more than actually sacrificing yeah. and, and as you read through acts chapter 2 for those of you who aren't familiar with the book of acts it is written by luke directly following the gospel of luke and just a few chapters before jesus is crucified killed murdered for living this way for challenging the church to live this way and so Acts is all about the story of the early church. The first Christian church that was launched is found in Acts. And the reason why the Christian church still exists today and wasn't just a fable or wasn't just a, uh, a, a group of individuals who 
uh, wanted to uh, be skeptic about something and then start a revolution against the Roman government is because the Christian church separated themselves from that of this world by giving everything they had to one another. They realized the kingdom was something so powerful and so different, they had to live differently. Yep. And they had the example of Jesus who, remember, yep. when he was crucified, they thought the game, it was game over. Yep. They thought the whole movement was done, that nothing was going to happen from that point on, and, and they were in hiding. Yep. And now all of a sudden, they are in the midst of everything going, we will do whatever it takes. They are selling their houses, they're selling their possessions, because it didn't matter anymore. Yeah. All because they saw a resurrected Jesus. Yeah, and here's something I want to make very clear for all of you today in an encouraging way, is that the early church was just a bunch of ordinary people. <laughs> like, I'm reading a, a book right now about the first century apostles. And the author wants to, as a historian, wants us to understand how ordinary these people were. That Peter, who would go on to be one of the top dogs of the early church, was just some guy in a boat. When Jesus called him, he was just some fisherman. And Matthew, a tax collector, one of the most despised people, was just some guy that nobody wanted to deal with. And then you've got the zealots, the people who tried to start insurrections against the tax collectors and against the city of Rome. Again, just rebels. Like these were ordinary people doing extraordinary things. And one of my, one of my favorite verses in all of Scripture is where I believe they're in the in front of the, 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 the religious elite, and they're talking about what is going on with this whole explosion. They say, these are just ordinary men, yeah. but yep. they had been <laughs> with Jesus. Jesus. Exactly. And it transformed their lives, yeah. and there's no difference. And, I, and I, it, I think it's such a great point you make. It's such a fear of ours that, that well, you know, you've got to be paid to do something. You know, you've got to have, have an ordination to, to be able to do something. It's not where it starts. Yeah, well, even within generosity that we've got to add a zero or else our gift doesn't matter. Yeah. And it's, again, that's why it's not about the amount within be rich. We're going to talk about that phrase be rich in a little bit, but it's all about the heart. It's all about God taking ordinary people and doing extraordinary things. Absolutely. And this is something that Paul within his ministry is so passionate about. And he starts to talk about this as he's actually writing a letter to one of his mentees, Timothy. And so we're going to uh, transition to the passage in Timothy, 1 Timothy uh, chapter 6, verses 6 through 8, here on the screen. This is what Paul is writing. And it's so important that we understand this. He says this, But godliness with contentment is great gain. For we brought nothing into the world, and we can take nothing out of it. But if we have food and clothing, we will be content with that. And so Paul is transitioning to encourage Timothy, who I believe is going to Ephesus, this church that is planted, and he's encouraging them, like, share this message with the Ephesians. Be content with godliness, true godliness. And as we saw in Acts chapter 2, and we just broke it down, we know what it looks like to be a godly person, to sacrifice, to serve, and to sell everything, to yeah. give everything yeah. to those in need. And, and, and again, it's, it's putting the kingdom first. It's understanding exactly. God is at work. God is at work through me and in me, and how do I translate that to what's happening around me in my community, yeah. in my family, in places like that. And it is being content. And, and the world is constantly telling us it's about you. You need, you need to have this to be happy. You need to have much more. You have to live in the right place. You've got to drive the right thing. You've got to have the right kind of bank account. And again, not that, it's not that any of that stuff is necessarily wrong, which we're going to talk about here in a minute. Right. But it's this heart of why are we here? It's about others. It's about coming alongside. And 
And when we live that way, when the church lives that way, it emanates to the community, and they see something different, and they say there is something different about those people. That's why in Acts 2 it says that, they were, that their numbers were added to daily yep. because people were on the outside saying there's no one that lives this way. Right. Why are they living this way? Exactly. And within this passage, Paul is hitting on a theme that he talks about throughout Scripture in Philippians chapter 4. This isn't going to be on the screen. I'll just walk through it. It's one of the most famous um, miscontextualized <laughs> verses in all throughout Scripture. In Philippians chapter 4, verse 13, that says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And we have it on our, on our sports walls, and we have it on our jerseys, and tattooed, and, and it's so exciting. But the few verses before that, Paul adds some very necessary context to that verse where he says, in all situations, I know what it means to be content with what I have. Whether I'm rich, whether I'm poor, whether I'm in prison, whether I'm suffering, or whether I'm rejoicing. And then verse 13, I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. Yeah. He says that in this contentness, this godliness I have is great gain. And so whether I'm rich or whether I'm poor, and again, do we like the idea of that more than actually that? Because we the answer is yes. Right. Because we have this concept as Christ followers that if we are rich, whether it is wealthy, whether it is rich in joy, whether it is rich in our housing, then that is what makes us blessed. Right. That's that, that is that concept that we have that we have to kill. And that's we have to get rid of. And, and it's honestly a Western American ideology. 100%. You know, it's just if things are going up, up, man, everything's fine. Yep. But if, if it's as not that— As soon as things start yeah. going downhill, God must be mad or God must be against. Yeah. yeah. And we see that language throughout Scripture because we're under two different covenants. And in the Old Covenant, found in the Old Testament, God said, if you do A, you will receive B. So if you sin, you will be punished. That was the Old Covenant way of living. Then Jesus came, and he made the Old Covenant obsolete. And he established a new covenant that now says, because you do A, or because you believe in A, now do B. Because you believe in God, now live this way. And it's a concept that is just... Um I think we've lost sight about it. We try to teach about it as much as we possibly can, but it is when you start understanding and grasping that, it changes the way that you live. So. Right, and so this leads us into the next passage of 1 Timothy 6, 9 through 10, if you want to read that yeah. part. Uh, it says, Those who want to get rich fall into temptation and a trap and into many foolish and harmful desires that plunge people into ruin and destruction. For the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil. Some people eager for money have wandered from the faith and pierced themselves with many griefs. The first thing we've got to do is, 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 you know, a lot of people will say, well, yeah, the, you know, money is the root of all evil. No, money is not the root of all evil. Great things can happen with money. Right. You know, you, you need money to, to reach people. You need, there's all kinds of stuff that happens that is great. It's the love of money. It's the pursuit of money. It's that being our, it becomes an idol, if you will. Right. Here's something that a lot of people don't recognize as they read. I believe it's the Gospel of Luke, chapters either two or three, where there's this key detail that the historian Luke writes about where he says that the, the women of the empire funded Jesus' <laughs> ministry. Yep. So these wealthy women funded Jesus' ministry. A lot of scholars believe that Lazarus was actually the Lazarus in uh, John chapter 11 who died and then uh, was brought back to life. And then he's seen reclining at the table with Jesus and, and Mary and Martha afterwards uh, was wealthy and had this, this wealthy place. It's, again, it's not about 
the richness of that which you have that makes something a sin. It's right. not about the money. Right. But here's the temptation that, that a lot of us here as, as pastors kind of break that down. Oh, you, you can get rich and you can, you can be rich and you can be wealthy. Paul wants to make it very clear that there is a temptation with pursuing those things that are sometimes uh, irresistible. Actually, not sometimes, often irresistible. Most of the times. And that <laughs> is why it's kind of a slippery slope of like, hey, it's not money that's the root of all evil. It's the love of money. But I've never met someone who is extremely wealthy who does not love money. And that's where the temptation comes in. That's why we have to hold ourselves accountable and be, be humble in that which we pursue. And it's understanding that. Put that at verse back off, if you would, Ashley, a bit. I love that you wrote down here. Just look at some of the words in, in this verse, you know, fall, temptation, trap, foolish, harmful, plunge, ruin, destruction, evil, wandered, pierced, griefs, you know? I mean, it's very hostile words it, in those it, two it, verses. It really is. And, and again, it's not a, a beaten up. It's, it's understanding that this is, this is something that can happen being aware of this and often does because we're not aware exactly and, and it's we want to be able to justify our spending with our serving habits and so the temptation within that becomes oh i did this so i can have that and when we start to justify our spending that's when it becomes the temptation don't feel like you need to justify how much you make Okay? You shouldn't be giving or serving because you make this amount of money. Right. God calls us in all of our situations. Paul says this in Philippians chapter 4, whether we are poor or whether we are wealthy, live this way. And so you shouldn't reach a certain dividend of giving or a certain dividend of making to justify that which you have. Okay? You should just give out of the heart. I think Paul talked about this in, in the earlier verses. They had, the, and, and actually it wasn't Paul, it was an ax. They said they had this joy and this gladness. God loves a cheerful giver. Right. He doesn't love a justified giver. Yep. Okay? You're preaching my sermon next week. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm, <laughs> no, it's all good. We're getting excited. They're gonna, we're going to forget. You're going to forget by next yeah, week anyway. Yeah, it's, it's true. It's true. Yeah. Um, yeah, so let's go on to another passage in, in 1 Timothy. Just, again, the opposite side of this whole thing is, but you, man of God, flee from all of this and pursue righteousness godliness, faith, love, endurance, and gentleness. It almost goes back to what we were talking about last week with the fruits of the Spirit. Fruit exactly. of the Spirit you know? Fight the good fight of the faith. Take hold of the eternal life to which you were called when you made your good confession in the presence of many witnesses. And it's a, it's a total flip of the words. Total flip. You saw the hostile words in the previous two verses, and then why don't you share yeah. within these it, uplifting just some, words? Just some of them. You know, righteousness, godliness, faith, love, endurance, gentleness, good, take hold, eternal, called good confession and it's all these things that that again as as we we start growing and, and our heart changes that that this is just a natural outflow of because of the graciousness that god has given us and that and that what jesus has done for us dying Absolutely. on the cross it just flows out of us and people look take note and say this is they're not being hypocrites this is just who they are yeah that's what we want to become absolutely that's what we are called to become as individuals and as a church. And that is the heart behind what this whole Be Rich thing is. Let's, let's make a step, as we're talking about next steps all the time, is let's, let's take a step, no matter how small or how big that is, of being more generous, of, of, of being some of these attributes that we know that we are called to be. Yeah, you mentioned the fruit of the Spirit earlier, and Paul references part of the fruit of the Spirit here in this, 
this passage, but we did an entire message on the fruit of the Spirit uh, just a couple of weeks ago. Kim walked us through. And when you are growing in your faith through prayer, through inviting the Holy Spirit into your decisions, through spending time in Scripture, through communing and worship, through serving, through giving, as you are growing in the presence of the Holy Spirit, it is impossible to avoid the fruit of the Spirit. Because like you just said, the fruit of the Spirit flows outwardly through you. Yeah. And so much of the fruit of the Spirit, love, as you love others, it requires you to look out for others. Joy, Paul talks about true gladness comes in generosity. Love, joy, peace. There is a peace that surpasses all understanding in your sacrifice. Love, joy, peace, patience patiently waiting for God perhaps to come through or for God to make another way. Patience, kindness. There is fewer things that you can do to kindly love someone than to step into their needs. Oh, yeah. Okay, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, gentleness, faithfulness, self-control, goodness, all of these languages of what is, this will outwardly just, just subconsciously almost be your character. You can't help but be that. Can't help but be it, that. It's just a natural outcome of, of, of that transformation. Right. Now, as we talked about in the week after the fruit, or week after before, when I walked us through the spiritual gifts, generosity is a spiritual gift. Yeah. That some people are just, it, it comes natural, but it also is a gift that the Holy Spirit has given them. It doesn't mean that those who don't have generosity have a ticket out. Right. It just means that there's those people in your life who, no matter what the need, no matter what the cause, They're, they want to give. They and wanna, don't you love being around people like that? Oh, I mean, you I've love got, being I've a got, benefactor I've, of those I've got people. several friends that are, are like that that just, man, they give you the shirt off your back, as, as the saying goes, but it's just amazing to be around people like that. And it challenges me to be more like that too. And, and, yeah. and look, cause I, I struggle with that. Yeah, but even within that, the temptation becomes just impulsively giving. Yeah. And I think it was two years ago I, when I did a sermon on money and generosity God doesn't want an impulsive giver or an impulsive spender or an impulsive saver, hoarder. God wants people in every decision we make, in our generosity, in our spending, in our saving, to invite the Holy Spirit into our lives and that would, our decision. And making. that would be our challenge for everyone here and everyone listening uh, over the next few weeks is, is don't do this impulsively. Take some time. Pray about, God, what are you asking me to give? I've been praying about this for, for quite some time. You know, just, just, God, what are you asking me this, this year to give towards, towards Be Rich? What, what is yep. it? And, and, and let's just wait. Again, it's the it's next step not only for our generosity, but for us to listen to the Holy Spirit and what he's moving in us. And what, just to kind of give you a layout of what's going to happen, we're, we're, we'll do a couple more teachings. I'm up next week. You're up the next the weeks. And then we're going to end this whole thing. Uh, Jake's going to do, and the worship team is going to do a, wor- a whole worship service at the last Sunday. Sunday morning worship service on October 22nd. Yeah. We're going to try to have some people from JJM here at the back as we just, you know, announce what we raised and, and you know, worship together and celebrate because this is a celebration. It's going to be awesome. Um, and excitement. But it all stems from this passage that we want to end with uh, before we share a video. First, Timothy chapter 6, verse 17 through 19. This is what Paul writes to Timothy. Command those who are rich in this present world not to be arrogant, nor to put their hope in wealth, which is so uncertain, but to put their hope in God who richly provides us with everything for our enjoyment. Okay, that kind of stems from what we just talked about. What we have is for ours to enjoy, but also to serve others with. And then he says this, command them, 
to do good, to be rich in good deeds, and to be generous and willing to share. In this way, they will lay up treasure for themselves as a firm foundation for the coming age so that they may take hold of the life that is truly life. I love that. That is truly life. Yep. We be are rich to, in generosity. We are to be rich in generosity. And that's what this whole thing stems from. We're going to all take next steps together as individuals in the church to be rich as much as we can. And then we want to close with a, a, another passage. And this is, a, we'll kind of paraphrase what's going on. It's in Matthew chapter 25, I believe. And, and um, Jesus is just talking and, and giving some ideas of what the kingdom is going to look like. And, and he says some things. And, and this is honestly what got me praying about is, is JJM, who we're supposed to partner with, the just, Juvenile Justice Ministry. Yeah. And Jesus is talking about how he was taken care of when I was in need, when I needed clothes, when I, I needed a drink, and when I was thirsty and you gave me a drink. And, and the people he's talking to said, well, hold it. When, when did we do any of that? When did we feed you, When Jesus? did we feed when you? Did we when did we you clothe you? When did we give you something to drink? And his comment was, when you do these to the least of these. Yeah. This is, this is, this is the time. This is the place. This is, this is how you take care of me by taking care of the needs of others who are less fortunate who don't have it as good as you do. And there are many of those people in, our, in every one of our lives. Yeah. And it just, it's, it's overwhelming. But then there's just this piece. Um, and, and honestly, this, this passage, he gets very, he's basically saying, saying that there, there's, I'm going to tell some people to get away from right. me and some people that, that are welcome. Yep. And it's, uh, can you go back, Ashton, to Matthew 25? We'll actually read it now uh, in those verses. Uh, Matthew writes this. They also will answer, Lord, when did we see you hungry or thirsty or a stranger or needing clothes or sick or in prison and did not help you? He will reply, truly, I tell you, whatever you did or did not do for one of the least of these, you did not do for me. What a, what a powerful observation, but also an application step. Like when those who are hurting or struggling or aren't as fortunate as you are, aren't as privileged as we are, aren't taken care of by the church, we aren't taking care of Christ. Right. You cannot have a relationship with Jesus, be all in with Jesus, and not care about those who are less fortunate. Yeah. It's impossible to do. It's impossible to do. And so, so again, and, and that last part about, about when was I in prison, and it just kind of spoke to me, and, and we knew we had this relationship with Joe, and said, this, this is, I, we believe, is where God is calling us to really partner with. And, and I am hoping and, and, and praying that, man, we just blow them away. Because they are doing some amazing, amazing work at, at, at the Juvenile Justice Ministry. And yeah. ACJC, we call it, it's Allen County Juvenile Correction. Yep. And, um, well, we've talked a lot about them. Why don't we, we hear a little bit about from Joe and Ashley. Uh, Ashley, will you play the video and we'll dim the lights. And just to learn a little bit more about this ministry. Christ, and I work with what's called the Juvenile Justice Ministry. It's a part of Youth for Christ, and we come into ACJC here, which is the Allen County Juvenile Center. It's where kids get locked up, usually for a, an average of three weeks to a month. My name is Ashley Washington. I work for Youth for Christ. I am the Juvenile Justice Ministry Coordinator. We work with youth who are inside of ACJC who are incarcerated and also youth who are being released from ACJC. 
We work with youth who are on probation, and we are also inside of two alternative schools here in Fort Wayne called Nebraska and ACLA. So to give you a scope of things, right now there's about 50 kids who are locked up right now. There's about 300 to 500, it's hard to tell, on probation. We get the opportunity to share life with them, to share Christ's love with them, to share hope with them. Um, usually when they come in, they're at a really low point of their life. Uh, they've just come off uh, either a crime that they've committed, such as theft or burglary, uh, or a lot of selling drugs, or just caught up in, in a crazy lifestyle. And we get the opportunity to share what life could lo look like for them. They don't have the community they need to be able to create and maintain and develop those healthy relationships necessary to grow in their character development and their social skills, emotional skills. And our goal ultimately is to connect them with those resources, with, with that good community to be able to give them those social skills, those mental, that emotional help, whether that's connecting them to counselors, therapists, or just good community members to help them get those skills to be able to overcome a lot of the, the mental and emotional obstacles that they battle. So when kids are released from here, uh, they, they get back in the community, a lot of times they return to the things that got them in trouble in the first place. And we want to be there with them, uh, helping them to come out of those things. One of the things that we do is work very closely with probation. And probation will call me and say, hey Joe, do you have any mentors? So I've been doing it 13 years and I'll hear from a kid who I knew 10 years ago and he's like, Mr. Joe, I, I, he'll, he'll text me or call and he'll be like, hey, I, I'm figuring it out. Thanks for your, you and the volunteers, thanks for your, your help in my life and your input at a time when I desperately needed it. We did an outreach ministry on Wednesdays every week where we met with the girls and we fed them and we did um, lessons on life, lessons about God. And ultimately um, that led to those girls graduating from high school and actually um, just connecting to healthy community that got them out of those cycles that continually kept them, whether that was an ACJC or just in trouble in general. So um, our ultimate goal, like I said, is to just come alongside these youth, to love them and give them the support they need to be able to overcome the obstacles that they face. One of the things that we're doing is working hard at recruiting volunteers. We want kids walked alongside with, with mentors who have a deep love for God and an understanding of life and how to move these kids from where they're at into a place of health and healing and wholeness. Youth for Christ is 100% donor funded and uh, it's people like you that are helping us to do this work. We hired Ashley uh, just about a month ago out of faith that, that God would pay for it. Uh, we feel like it's absolutely needed. There's hundreds of kids, there's lots of girls that need Ashley and we need a lot of other people along with us on this journey. And uh, your funding, your, your help, your financial support is how we're able to do it. So thank you. Crossbridge, I'm so excited about this opportunity. And Ashton, let's put up that last slide, the 100% participation. That's our goal. Some of what we are able to help JJM with, as Joe mentioned at the very end, they hired Ashley. They had 
uh, when we talked with, with her about 80 girls, uh, whether it's on probation or in ACJC that haven't been reached because it's just been Joe for the last 13 years. And they don't have her salary fully covered. And so part of what we raise is going to help her salary be covered this year. They also love giving teens bus passes after they get out of uh, ACJC or uh, counseling sessions that they just can't cover, toiletry items, because a lot of these kids either have broken homes or uh, some of which are homeless. And, and so being able to navigate uh, the mentors, taking them out for meals after they get out of, uh, out of jail and to be able to walk alongside that. We're going to be covering some of those. And so 100% participation from our church. We're not calling you to impulsively give. We're calling you to prayerfully consider what God is calling you to give during these next three weeks for this Be Rich campaign as we be rich in good deeds and be rich in generosity. And perhaps you're someone who's sitting in there and you're like, I, have, I am passionate about mentoring. I am passionate about uh, juvenile justice. I am passionate about walking alongside teens, uh, male or female, who perhaps have made some decisions that uh, will continue to happen unless they choose to make better decisions. And you are someone who is willing to help walk with them. Uh, we're also going to have some opportunities to volunteer as well. But... Uh, we are now live on our website, c3fw.org. If you go to the Donate tab, under that tab is a Be Rich campaign drop-down. And then today, I will have us live on our app home screen as well. But we're going to be talking about Be Rich for the next three weeks. And then worshiping, no matter what we raise, whether it's $2,000 or $100,000, whether it is uh, 100 materialistic items for us to be able to give to the homeless or it is uh, 1,000 materialistic items, we are going to come together as a church with 100% participation. No gift is too small or too big. Um, and just calling all of us to prayerfully consider what God has in store for us. Uh, will you pray with me as we close today? Hey, God, thank you so much for this space. Thank you for your church. Thank you for generosity, for the gifts that we are going to come up with for JJM and for the Tatmans in Europe, God. I just pray, Lord Jesus, that you would help us through the Holy Spirit understand and listen to what you are calling us to sacrifice. No amount is any size, small or large, God. It is just the amount you've called us to give. And we ask that you would help us prayerfully consider through the Holy Spirit what that is. In your name I pray, amen. Well, hey, thanks for joining us today. Next week, Brad is continuing this series and talking about generosity uh, and really challenging us to be the church by being rich. If this was your first time visiting or you haven't had a chance to get to connect with one of the pastors here, we'll be standing in the lobby and would love to talk with you. For the rest of the church, we want to just invite you into some time of community after this. Uh, get to know someone you don't know, meet somebody new, and uh, have a great rest of your week, and we'll see you next time.